0: This is the Diamond Hogs Podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. Welcome to the Diamond Hogs Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Choate, joined by Robert Stewart and Christian Cheatham. We are your favorite Razorback baseball podcast, the premier Razorback baseball podcast. And there is a huge series against the LSU Tigers this weekend. Top five matchup between the number five Arkansas Razorbacks and the number one LSU Tigers. We're going to have boots on the ground. Robert Stewart will be in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. How excited are you, Robert?
1: Dude, we are. Uh, we are recording this about sixty minutes away from my departure. I am. I am just. I'm so pumped, man. You know, people people ask me, "Are you going to Vegas this weekend?" No, I'm going to watch a top five baseball series in Louisiana. I'm so excited about it.
0: That is very exciting. I'm excited for you. Uh, are you excited to watch Paul
1: Skeenus? Is... Oh my goodness, <laughs> Paul Skeens. <laughs> y'all we we've we've gotta we've got to talk about this Steven Strasburg comparison. I pulled the numbers from his two thousand and nine golden spike season. oh my goodness we'll we'll get to it, but goodness gracious, this dude's awesome.
0: uh yeah, it's gonna be very exciting to watch uh before we get to it, we have a couple things that we gotta knock out. uh Arkansas did beat semo twelve to two, a ten run inning. am I correct? It was the bottom of the sixth, ten runs. That was very, very impressive from Arkansas. Uh, but I will say, I mean, what Simo had like at least two errors in that inning. They had to throw like four pitchers. It's just everything fell apart, and that's how Arkansas was able to run rule them on Tuesday.
1: Yeah, I mean they the the lineup filled with reserves sent what thirteen guys to the plate. The first nine all reached and scored. Um, like you said, three errors, four pitchers. I mean, nothing really was working for the uh, the fighting Trevor Ezels. So. Uh, you know, it, it was it was nice to get out of there a little early, I guess. Fourteen straight.
0: I thought I thought it was a fun lineup to watch. You know, you, it was interesting to see some guys get get at bats. Reese Robinette, Big Country hit his first home run. Uh, that was fun to watch. And then you got you saw guys like Mason Neville, Hunter Grimes, Caleb Cowley got in the lineup. Uh, Peyton Holt was in there. Mason Neville. So uh, I mean. It's it's always fun to see those guys that you don't get to see every day. Jared Wagner was the really the only everyday guy, I believe. Uh, I mean, I don't know if we can say Hudson or not Hudson Polk. Harold Cole is an everyday guy yet, but it seems like he's gonna be a starter, right? I, I feel well, like he's I mean, the starting ba- third baseman.
1: Based on the way based on the way Dave Van Horn answered my question about uh, third baseman, it sounds like sounds like it's Harold Cole's job to lose.
0: Yeah. I which is fair enough. I feel I mean he's earned it, so uh that, you know. I'm okay with it. I think Harold Cole's been great at third base. I think that his bat has been good enough to stay in the lineup. So, uh, Christian, we haven't gotten your take on Harold Cole yet. What do you think of him so far?
2: Yeah, I'm just happy for him. He's had a good uh, couple games the last few weeks, and I'm just glad he's getting to see the field finally. Uh, I know we were all high on him in the fall, and we we're expecting him to probably start a short or second, or not, that's no, not second, start a short or third. And, um, he ended up losing it, but, you know, he's getting, he's seen the field now at third base. And so happy to see him. His bat looks good too.
0: Yeah. The, I, I feel like we all expected Harold Cole to be the, st- the starting shortstop and John Bolton came in and was like, Hey, by the way, I want to be the starter. And we were like, this is weird because I mean, we, we had heard rumors about John Bolton and his situation at Austin P that he, I mean, potentially wouldn't be the starting shortstop at Austin P this year. And here he is starting a shortstop for Arkansas. So it was, it was weird, but I mean, I feel like we can say at this point, like John Bolton has earned his stripes. He he should be the starting shortstop for Arkansas, and now Harold Cole, you know, he's starting third baseman. I uh, it's it's and and we we figured out the the Caleb Cowley thing as well. Like I guess Caleb Cowley is more than healthy to
1: play, right, Robert? Yeah, I mean, we saw him in there on on uh, what Tuesday against Semo. He went uh one for four. He you know his his reached on error in the in the uh, sixth inning did sort of kick everything off so that was a big big moment for him even though he didn't get a hit but you know he again like he's overshadowed by Harold Cole in that game cuz Cole's got two doubles down the line and in, in the same inning uh including a couple of RBIs in that in that 10 run sixth so you know i mean that that provided all the contrast you needed right there i think
0: that that 10 run inning by the way Caleb Kelly struck out in that inning, so that was that was like unfortunate for him to have everybody else basically just killing it, and then he comes up
1: and strikes out. I, I mentioned he reached on an error, so he was zero for two in that inning.
0: Yeah, that was that was tough. So, um, let's see here, Ben Bybee, a great midweek starter so far. I think that he's been great. He he went four innings on Tuesday, uh, gave up just one hit, and unfortunately it was a home run and so that's how that went but you know five strikeouts three walks four innings that if you can get four innings out of your midweek guy that's great and then they also got some Zach Morris in there it was it was weird because Zach Morris came in had like two strikeouts to start his outing and then like the next three guys reached and I I put on our message board over at hogby.com after the two strikeouts I was like Zach Morris is back and then like the next three guys reached and I just like quoted myself and I was like I'd like to personally apologize to Zach Morris for jinxing
1: him so that
0: but I mean I feel like he is back right can we can we say Zach Morris is back
1: I I wrote in my in my game story on Tuesday that he had stretched his scoreless inning streak to five of course you know there was the the one run there in the in the seventh but uh one one earned in six innings uh that's uh ERA of 1.5 so he's He's doing pretty well. I would say. I would say he's back. We we can call him back, Morris. Back,
0: Morris. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Uh, so that's just another piece to the bullpen, and they're gonna need that this weekend against LSU. Uh, I guess. I guess your top bullpen arm right now. I mean, who who are we gonna go with, Dylan Carter, or I guess Hagan Smith? Hagan Smith is probably. But that's that situation is weird.
1: It it is weird, but uh, they are rolling with the wild card once again. Uh, Hunter, Hunter Holland, Will McIntyre, TBA Sunday. And, uh, you know, see what see what Hagen Smith can do for you across hopefully two days. Cody
2: Adcock.
0: I mean, like, I I, I wouldn't I, – it wouldn't have shocked me if Dave Van Horn said that they're going to go with Cody Adcock as the starter on Sunday, you know. But also, this is LSU, not Auburn. So, you know, you might – you might try to, like, save Hagen-Smith, if at all possible, unless you have, like, a chance to win on Friday night and you need to bring in Hagen-Smith or something like that. Like, if you can get a win against Paul Skeens, that would just – I mean, that cements you as, like, a top team in the nation, you know. no, It's it's very hard to beat Paul Skeens.
1: That, that would easily be the win of the year, and it may be the best unless they win the whole thing.
0: Yeah, so – That, uh, that, that's going to be interesting to see. So let's get into LSU, Robert. I hope that you have done your research. Uh, I mean, they're the number one team in the country. It's, it's really not that, that close right now. I think that you have some other teams that are good, including Arkansas, who's 114 straight, but this LSU team
1: just seems like it's on a different level. You hope I've done my research. Come on. What do you think this is amateur hour?
0: It is for the most part. Like normally it is amateur hour. I'll tell you what, Christian, I don't know if you listened to the podcast the other day. I low-key roasted you because every time I ask you a question, you're not prepared. So, like, if I asked you a question right now, would you be prepared? Me? Right now? Like, what kind of question is it? Uh, Tell me the top three guys in LSU's lineup.
2: <laughs> I mean, I could guess it's probably Cruz, Tommy White, or yeah, yeah. and uh, the DH. I forgot his name, but the DH. <laughs> he has, like, seven home runs.
0: All right, Robert. Yeah. He, I, 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 would say,
1: I would say that's pretty good, but Christian, you were watching me put those stats in the dog. I saw it. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, I know. I but I haven't been looking at him. I wasn't like putting it together. That's tough. All right. Well, let's let's just dive into it here, shall we? So, uh, leading off, they've got a right fielder named Paxton Kling. Uh, by the way, I I just I just compiled their first six hitters, and five of them have an OPS above a thousand. So that's uh that's what the hogs are up against this weekend. Paxton Kling's leading off ten seventy five OPS, three home runs out a leadoff spot. Trey Morgan is a name that you'll recognize. He's been hitting two for him, eight eighty one OPS. He's walked more times than he struck out, driven in 17 out of the two hole. Dylan Cruz, man, I mean, a lot of people are are saying this guy is the number one overall pick this year. And, you know, these stats are like video game numbers. I mean it's very easy to see why so many people are high on Dylan Cruz. Dude's hitting 515. His OPS is 1582. Uh, let's see if I can get the the splits on that real quick. He's slugging 926, and his OBP is 656. The I, I don't even know how you do that. He's, he's walked 25 times and struck out only 10 times. Six home runs, 25 RBIs, 10 doubles. The dude just rakes. Like, go... Go look at the at the stats page on, on the LSU baseball website because you're not going to want to forget those numbers. I know it's easy to do it if I'm just reading them here, but good goodness gracious, those are ridiculous. And then Tommy White, as as Christian mentioned, hitting 409 in the cleanup spot, 13 16 OPS, six home runs, 34 RBIs, leads the team. He's doubled eight times. Gavin Dugas, you recognize that name if you've been watching LSU for a couple years now uh eleven fifty seven ops he's homered five times and then like you said as well Jared Jones the DH he's got a team leading seven home runs driven in almost thirty runs and his OPS is over twelve hundred. I mean these guys what what can you say? They they rank Um
0: I so I, I'm a little confused though. I'm look li- you have the RPI in here. LSU's number two in the RPI, but like I'm looking at their schedule and they I mean, like so they they went to the Round Rock Classic. I mean, which is just the worst, the worst like preseason tournament ever. It was awful. Christian, I you didn't get to experience it. Just, I'm so glad that Dave Van Horn hates the Round Rock Classic as much as we hate the Round Rock Classic. Uh, they have not played anybody. I mean, like Kansas State was good. Uh, I don't know if they are this year. One of their two losses is against Iowa, which is like Big Ten baseball. I mean, really? That's come on now. Uh, they have a, a midweek win over Texas, which isn't impressive because it was in the midweek. Um, and then they lost. They 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 went two and one against A and M last weekend, and that's that's it. Like that. Those are the only teams that they have played that are impressive. So, like, how is it that LSU had? Is it just because they're that good and their their stats are like that incredible against the opponents they played?
1: I would have to think so. I want to check on this because this is, this is something I heard in the press box going into last weekend when they played a and but I, I thought it was worth noting that uh, if it'll let me search here, I thought it was worth noting that uh, Iowa, let's see, they're, they're 35 in the RPI. So um, going, going into that Texas a and series, Iowa was the only top hundred team LSU had played and they lost to them. Um, and then let's see. We can do the. We can do a quick search on A and M here. Texas A and M is twenty fourth in the RPI. Yeah. So, um, they've played four games against top hundred teams, and they're two and two. Arkansas is number five in the RPI, so this is going to be significantly a step up in competition for them this weekend.
0: Also worth noting, and this is, I I think that this is just. I mean, you probably know that Arkansas's record is nineteen and two. I feel like it's a really quiet nineteen and two. Like it does not feel like they have, like they went seventeen and one in the homestand. It's it's been it's been incredible to see what Arkansas has done, uh, especially given you know the injuries. Uh, the, the the early season, you know, issues it, like you look at a guy like Caleb Cowley, you were expecting him to just be incredible. And then he, you know, the first weekend was just not great. You lose to a team like TCU the way that they did. And here's Arkansas going into the LSU series with the same record as LSU uh, with. a I mean, like, I feel like er, before the season, we just wrote this off as like, you know, Arkansas is going to go down to Baton Rouge and get swept, which could still easily happen. Like, I'm not. I'm not saying that that won't happen. I'm just saying I, f- I feel much better about this series now than I did before the season started.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. And to your point, like, there's just so many more flashy storylines around the conference right now. I mean, LSU, with, with those numbers that I just read off, that's ridiculous. We haven't even talked about the pitchers yet. Um, you know, Tennessee getting swept by Missouri. Uh, we, we talked about that. Wait, on what, what did you just say? What, Tennessee what getting happened? swept by Missouri.
0: Tennessee got swept by Missouri?
1: that that did happen
0: what that is, I know. and 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 shout out to the people in my mentions who were like hey missouri's actually a good team this year it's missouri baseball like are you come on now like yeah they they might be better than they were but really tennessee swept by missouri i will die on the hill that arkansas will never ever in the history of its baseball program when it's led by david horn ever get swept by Tennessee. Christian, I don't know if you went and watched my rant cuz I told you to, but you probably didn't. Uh I mean, how embarrassing is that for Tennessee, right?
2: Yeah, that's horrible. That's horrible. I don't even Yeah, I don't even know what to say. I need to watch your rant just so I can stay in the loop with all your uh your haters on Twitter. But uh it was, it was legendary.
0: Hey, the Tennessee fans are actually being really quiet this year.
2: Yeah. It's- it's pretty, it's
0: pretty embarrassing. The fact that they got swept by Missouri and they can't even stand up for themselves. <laughs> well, you
1: know, this, this was something that I was going to add as well. Like the, the same applies to Tennessee and Arkansas right now. Like neither, neither baseball team is the biggest story on campus right now. Cause both, both schools have basketball teams in the sweet 16, but you know, with, with the flashy storylines, Tennessee getting swept by Missouri, uh, Vanderbilt sweeping Ole Miss, uh, you know, Florida is a top five team as well. Like, it it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that uh, Arkansas may may not be getting uh, a, a whole lot of attention right now. And you know what? Let them fly under the radar. See what happens.
0: Dude, Eastern Illinois, number fifty three in the RPI. That's a that's a good a good series win for Arkansas right there. Oh, um, yeah. Let's okay. Let's get into the LSU pitchers because we talked about Skeens earlier. Uh, also while you're while you're talking about Skeens, we should also mention that Dave, was it you that asked Dave about if they if they went after Skeens?
1: Uh, no, no, that was that was Hutch and, oh. and, uh, and Dave. Dave was like, "Where have you been covering basketball?"
0: Yeah, no, that I thought, but I I'm glad that he answered the question the way he did. He was like, "Of course, we went after him. We went after him really hard." As like did everybody else did. Yeah, like every other team in the SEC and teams across the country. Everybody wanted this dude. LSU got him, and now you're seeing why everybody wanted him, Robert.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, these these numbers are just silly. He's got uh, an ERA and a whip under 0. .6. Uh, opponents hitting just 115 against him. Listen to this. He struck out 59 batters and walked four. That's almost a 15-to-1 ratio. and uh, he's, <laughs> he's almost averaging two strikeouts per inning. 17.5K per nine. I mean, what are we doing here? Goodness gracious. All right. So I, I've talked about Steven Strasburg. You know, I posed this to Dave Van Horn on Tuesday. Uh so I I did the research here in, in his two thousand nine Golden Spikes season with uh with San Diego State, a one point three two ERA, a point seven seven whip, ten strikeout to walk ratio, sixteen K per nine. Through I mean, Skeens hasn't faced, you know, nine SEC opponents yet. But through 30 and a third innings, which is almost a third of what Strasburg threw, all those, all those figures are, are better. Skeens is better than Strasburg. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. He's,
0: he's gone six innings four times. He went six and a third last Friday against AM. He has double-digit strikeouts in every single outing. And he's got two where he didn't have any walks, including Friday against A and M. Uh, he's only given up twelve hits on the year, two
1: earned runs. Holy crap! Hol- so I mean, you can you can just put in Sharpie that he's going to throw a quality start.
0: Yeah, and he in the and he's gone ninety eight pitches, one hundred and one pitches, eighty pitches, ninety four pitches,
1: one hundred and six pitches
0: oh my goodness! And he was supposed
1: to hit too right uh he was he was a two way player uh at air Force, and then you know i i guess they they seem they seem to make the right decision uh making him exclusively a pitcher because you know they've they've got the hitters where they don't really need him to to try to do both, not to mention the dude can throw like a hundred one miles an hour
0: yeah that but i mean I'm looking at it, i mean you don't want a guy who hit 13 home runs last year for Air Force in your lineup. I,
2: I if I was Skeens, I would never pick up a bat again. Are there's you for real? There's zero chance of picking up a bat ever again. Yeah, he's so, he is so good on the mound and he throws so hard and he's got the path straight to the like top 5 of the draft next year or yeah, next year. So I don't even yeah, if I was Skeens and his coaching staff or an agent or mentor, he should never pick up a bat again. So explain to me like why it would not benefit him to pick up a bat. He's not. He's not going to be Shohei Otani. He's not going to be two way in MLB. There's like the the best path for him right now is to just dominate college baseball on the mound, and he'll be a top three pick next year. Like he does not need to worry about swinging a bat ever again.
0: And I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just, yeah, I know
2: you're just trying to get me to explain. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, that that's what I want. So yeah, I mean like that's fine. If he's gonna throw like he is right now, like a like better than Steven Strasburg's Golden Spikes Award season, like yes, absolutely do that. And I mean, maybe if LSU ever needs him in a pinch hit situation, like you think they would ever do that, or is it just like we're ruling it out, he's not gonna hit it all this year?
1: I mean, maybe in a midweek, I would think. But no, there's no either. way you're going to hit Paul Skeens in a midweek unless he just well,
0: goes to the coach. and He's like, hey, I want to hit today.
1: You know, it was, right. It would it would have to be that kind of situation, I think, because I don't think you're going to you're going to roll a guy out there who is, you know, cold, so to speak, from from a hitting perspective in, a, in an SEC game.
2: Who's yeah. the guy from LSU that hit the home run? He's a pitcher. He's a P.O. in high school. And he told the coach he's is like it
1: Todd Peterson. Is that his name?
2: He's played for the Nats now, I think. Right.
1: He's he's in our system, yeah.
2: Yeah. No, that was that was one of the all-time like college baseball clips ever. And he's like, I never hit in high school. I was a PO in high school. <laughs> but he hit a home run in college. Yeah. All right, uh let's move on from
0: Paul Skeens cuz it's it's honestly I I for the for the die Razorback baseball fans, it has to be depressing to hear the stats that he has and know that you had that guy on campus and he he could have been a Razorback. It's just <sighs> It's so it's so unfortunate. Imagine imagine this Arkansas pitching hey. staff.
2: Yeah, I know, but we got Will McIntyre though. LSU doesn't have that, so. Hey. Yeah, it, it,
0: we're talking Golden Spikes Award winner. It's not <laughs> Paul Skeens. It is Will McIntyre. What if McIntyre has a better performance this weekend than Skeens? Oh. Then, then you're looking at it and you're like, is Will McIntyre actually a candidate for the Golden Spikes?
1: <laughs> I sure hope so. I mean he he will have, you know, a win over LSU on his on his resume. So
0: hey, Paul Skeens is not throwing a complete game this year. Just throwing that out there. So, you know who has Will McIntyre. Let the let the facts speak, okay? That all you can do is go off of facts. Will McIntyre has a better start this season than Paul Skeens. just saying. All right. Robert, go go ahead with the the Saturday and Sunday starters for LSU.
1: So, you know, I have been thinking throughout the week, like, you know, maybe you just maybe you just don't throw a Holland on Friday. You try to save your your best two arms for Saturday and Sunday. But the bottom line is LSU Saturday and Sunday guys, like their their numbers are also very, very good. Um they both got sub three ERAs. By the way, Ty Floyd and Thatcher Hurd are their names. Uh 20 21 innings. Uh Floyd's got a point eight whip. Hurd, 1.29. Hurd was the one, I believe, who was co-pitcher of the week when McIntyre threw his complete game uh, because he had like 11 innings uh, of scoreless baseball in two different starts throughout the week. So uh, that that one actually made a lot of sense, honestly, for if we're, if we're, if we're being real about the co. Um, but yeah, Thatcher Heard opponents hitting 224 against him. That is the worst mark of the three pitchers and yet it's still incredibly good uh he's got 29 strikeouts to 10 walks and 12.4k per nine ty floyd on saturday 10.8k per nine i mean these guys i mean as we as we mentioned earlier you know maybe their competition hasn't been as good yet but their their starters have certainly been doing their jobs against the teams that lsu has has been scheduled to play so
0: uh, i'm I'm looking for the lSU pitcher the big boy what's his name
2: um that Christian you should know this I the was dude. gonna mention, I was gonna um, mention I was gonna mention Christian little I don't know if that's who you're thinking of but he's so, from the Andy transfer it's not Christian little what is his name
0: that his weight is not oh Riley cooper I think it's Riley cooper yeah he's six two two seventy. And that's that's very generous on the 270. Uh he's he's fun to watch on the mound. If you just look, and this this has nothing to do with stats. If you just look at LSU's roster, they got a lot of all name guys. Uh let's let's just go through it, okay? And this is this is naming names with Mason. This that's the name of this segment. Uh Alex Milazzo, Braden Jobert. Um, there was one Nick Bronzini. Wow, Mick Paul. Uh, Hayden Travinsky. That's a fun one. Jaden Newt, Hmm. Micah Bucknam, Aiden Moffat, Nate Ackenhausen, Chase Chase Shores. That's a cool one. DJ Promo. Blake Money. Everybody knows Blake Money. That's a
1: good one. How could you forget Blake Money? What a great name.
0: Caleb Appleby. Yeah. Uh and yeah, that's that's naming names with Mason. That that they got a lot of fun name guys. They Strong
2: do. Off. That's a segment that we're gonna have to keep in there for, for every week. <laughs> yeah. I like Just it. I like I like Mason naming reading names. the whole roster. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Mason, uh, you mentioned you mentioned how big Riley Cooper is. Uh I, I totally forgot to mention Paul Skeens' digits, but he's got the Steven Strasburg build too. He's six six, two forty seven. The dude's huge.
0: Yeah, that's that is the uh like premier like male build. Like if you if you want to be an alpha male like Christian Cheatham is, you gotta be six five, two forty five. Like that's what it is. 6'6", six, six, 247 is just the 6'6", version of 6'5", 245. So, yeah, I mean, Paul Skeen, he has it all. Uh, I, I, it's just it's so unfortunate that he's throwing for LSU. Could not be playing for a worse university, a worse team. They have no morals. You want to talk about Alabama basketball having no morals? If you just, like, dig up some of the dirt that there is on – I'm just – no, this is – I'm just saying like if you just dig up some of the dirt that there is on LSU athletics as a whole, and I'm not just talking about baseball, I'm talking about as a whole, they've done some really, really shady stuff and they've covered up some really, really bad stuff. So I'm just, all I'm saying is that it's unfortunate that he's having success for such an awful university.
1: I I would have, I would have thought you, you dislike Tennessee more, but okay. No,
0: I, d- I definitely dislike Tennessee more. I'm just saying, like, if you're a Razorback fan, you you don't want, like, you're if you if you're all I'm saying is if you're a Razorback fan, it's unfortunate that Paul Skeens is having success for that university and not your university because they are worse people, way worse he,
1: people. You said he could not be playing for a worse university. I feel like you'd be way more upset if he played for Tennessee.
0: Yeah, if he was playing for Tennessee, that would be awful, bro. That would be way worse if he was playing for Tennessee. But I, I mean, I feel like Tennessee at least has better morals, aside from like the paying recruits in McDonald's bags. With uh, who was the coach? Was that Jeremy Pruitt? I, I don't know. Yep. Yeah, but Tennessee's done some bad stuff too. But yeah, that would that would definitely be worse.
1: All right, one final note on on LSU pitching. Um, I want to want to count these guys. They've got, uh, let's see, one, two, six, seven, seven guys who have thrown double-digit innings, and have sub-3 ERAs. So their bullpen's also very good.
0: And they they also lost a key piece of their bullpen in uh, Grant Taylor, Evan Taylor's brother. That's right.
1: He was he supposed to be down. in their starting rotation.
0: He went down before the season, right? Or was yeah. that like the first week or something? It was before the season? I believe so. That was tough because there was like a weak stretch there where like some of the top arms in college baseball were just dropping like flies. And it – it's just so unfortunate when that stuff happens because you want to see those type of guys throw. It, no matter like if it's for an opponent of a like a team that you're gonna play, you want to see that guy throw. Like if Paul Skeens wasn't throwing this weekend, we'd be really upset because that's a guy that you want to watch throw. So it yeah, is I mean three
1: guys in the SEC West alone with with Hunter Elliott, Ole Miss, Grant Taylor, LSU, and Jackson Wiggins, Arkansas. Like that's that's three powerhouse starters that just aren't aren't playing at all this year. It's tough. Yeah. It is tough. All right, what else do we have to
0: talk about? I mean, I guess we can get to weekend predictions. uh, And then, Christian, you have your segment, okay? I hope you're ready for your segment. If you're not, uh, take this time while Robert and I are predicting the weekend to come up with something to talk about. And uh, see, Like I came up with naming names on the spot. Like, that was an incredible segment, and I came up with it, you know, just like right there. So you got to be able to do it, buddy, okay? And you can't he's, talk about he's, the he's, World Baseball Classic because you have exhausted that one. No more
1: WBC. What, dude? Come on, you the the final. We got to talk about the final.
0: Okay, maybe we can talk about the final. Maybe that can be part of your segment. Uh, okay. Weekend prediction, Robert. I will start here. I think I think Arkansas will get one. Um, LSU is going to win on Friday. Like you're not going to be Paul Skeens. I, I hate to say it. Uh. It is going to be fun to watch Hunter Holland because he is the ultimate competitor, a guy who just like hates to lose. Uh, he, you know, he just he he. You can definitely see his emotions uh, when he's on the mound, and he's just he's a fun guy to watch throw. I think that he's going to give it his all, but it's going to be tough. You can, I don't know if Hunter Holland can out duel Paul Skeens. It's going to be tough, uh, but you know, it's it's definitely going to be fun to watch. I I think they're going to end up winning the Sunday game. I think I think whoever – they're going to throw the kitchen sink at them, right? Because at that point, you know, you're – let's hope that they haven't had to throw like 12 arms by that point point, uh, and they're having to start like Ben Bybee on Sunday. That would be crazy. It's, it's possible, um, but I think they're – I'll say they win on Sunday, but they lose Friday, Saturday. I'm going to go with that.
1: Realistically, uh, I I'm I'm with you. I think they'll win one of three, but I don't think it's it's a stretch by any means to to say that Arkansas could win this series. Uh, you know, we've talked about how you know maybe they've they've flown a little bit under the radar, uh, 14 in a row, 17 one on a homestand. Um, I, I mean, this Arkansas squad is in the top five for a reason. I know LSU's number one, but um, you know, strength of schedule has, has definitely uh, been been harder. Uh, or I guess the greater strength of schedule belongs to Arkansas at this point. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's crazy to 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 think that the Razorbacks could win two out of three. And just to be a contrarian, I will say the one game they win will be Saturday rather than Sunday. Because I, <laughs> I definitely don't see them beating Paul's games.
0: When Will McIntyre has the best pitching performance of the weekend that's Correct. that's when arkansas will win. You know, I, I agree with you there. You talked about the the games that LSU has lost. I think I think that uh you know, a lot of people will probably write arkansas off in this series. But, you know, it's easily the best team LSU has faced all year, and arkansas is going in there wanting to win. Like, David Horn kind of mentioned it, like this these are the series that you you come to arkansas for. This is why you want to play SEC baseball is for a series like this. So these Arkansas players are definitely not looking at LSU like some giant. They're looking at them like, let's go get them, boys, you know? So I I think it's gonna be fun to watch. Christian, your weekend prediction.
2: By the way, wearing the hoodie, repping the merch. Yeah, it looks good. Um for the weekend, man. I think I want to be optimistic and say they can they can get two out of three. And I believe I think they're going to get to Paul Skeens. I think they're going to get to Paul Skeens. I think it's going to be a close game. And I think they're going to get to Paul Skeens just enough to to squeak out a win or maybe, yeah, I think they're going to squeak out a win on Friday. And then I bet I bet they lose one of the other two days. So I, I think they're going to take two out of three. But my bold prediction is that they get to Paul Skeens. That's a very bold prediction.
1: You know what? I don't hate it. I was I the one one number that intrigued me about Skeens is that he hasn't given up a home run this year. I I think if if anybody could do it, it might be Jared Wagner. I was about to say
0: Jared Wagner. All right, uh, hey, bold prediction. Good job, Christian, for bringing that up. We haven't done bold predictions this year. Um, so that's your bold prediction, Robert. That, is your bold prediction that Jared Wagner is going to go deep on Paul Skeens?
1: Uh, I don't know. I'm sort of adding to Christian's there.
0: Yeah. I, my bold prediction is going to be Will McIntyre has the best start of the weekend, of any of any pitcher for of any starting
2: pitcher for Arkansas or LSU. Will McIntyre, Robert, you can take that home run. I mean, even if they might lose that game, but he maybe he still hits a homer. That's true. I'll take it.
0: All right, there's bold predictions. Uh, all right, Christian, time for Christian's segment. Let's go. You got it.
2: Christian's WBC segment, for, yeah.
1: International correspondent Christian. Yeah, you awesome. are our international,
0: international
1: correspondent.
2: Yeah, international hogs.
1: Um, by the way, thank you
0: for your yeah. service, Christian. Christian served in our military.
2: For those <laughs> listening,
1: so Robert,
2: Robert, thanks, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, okay. If you haven't if you haven't been living under a rock the last couple of weeks or not following WBC, you're you're insane. But it's been a great couple weeks following the WBC as a, as a huge fan, as I am. Um, I don't, I know Robert has been watching Mason's been kind of half watching. He's un-American, but uh, it was fun to follow. And uh, I was so happy I got to go see it in Phoenix um, and see three games, three matches uh, against uh, Great Britain, Canada, and Mexico. And then it came down to the final. I think USA Japan is what everybody wanted. Everybody kind of predicted that. And we got the Mike Trout Shohei matchup which was really cool. I obviously wanted to try to go deep there and tie it up, but, but yeah, I mean, WBC, if you're a fan of baseball, I mean, there's two things I think you should do. If you're a fan of baseball, you need to be at the college world series. You need to be at the college world series at least once. And then you need to go to the WBC. Like those are two, like the most electric baseball events, uh, as a fan and as a player, I think as well, like I, they always talk about how, how awesome it is, but, I think, yeah, two of the big things if you're a big baseball fan is you gotta be at the College World series, you gotta be at the WBC. WBC won't be here for a while, but you can go to the College World Series this summer. I would just I would say get there as as best you can. Yes, yeah, you've sure done both. both. I was about to say you knocked both those out in less than a year. I know I'm, I'm extremely blessed and lucky and it's it's crazy that I can't even believe it. When I was at the WBC, I was like I was thinking about the College World series as well. I was like, man, I was like, I can't believe I've been able to see this and see it in person and yeah it's it's nuts man
1: all right you know of, of course we wanted the americans to win the tournament but you know yeah. hats off to japan there the, the the walk-off win in the semifinal the night before and yeah. then you know saving you darvish for the eighth show hey otani for the ninth dude dude blew mike trout away with 200 mile an hour fastballs right down the middle and and the best hitter in america couldn't do anything with it so it
0: Explain to me this the the Lars Newt Bar playing for Japan thing. What's his that? Mom's Japanese, right? He's Japanese. Yeah. That's that's his, his mom. mom.
2: His mom is Japanese and his, his two siblings were actually born in Japan. So oh, he's wow. he was the first one born in America. Uh besides his, his father, his father's American. Okay. But um yeah, so he, he's been talking about playing for Japan since he was a kid. And um I believe with the WBC like eligibility for is a little more lax than like the Olympics or the world or the world cup. So it's a little more lax, I think, just because it's still kind of new. And I feel like as we go on, they're probably going to start changing the rules about eligibility because like Marcus Stroman, he played for USA and then he transferred to Puerto Rico for this one. I'm like, how do you, you want it with the USA? Why won't you go back and try to win again? But he again has some family history where he has eligibility with Puerto Rico. So that's why he did it. Um. Tommy Edmond played for Korea. I mean, Fletcher played for Italy. We all, I mean, he's not from. He didn't grow up in Italy or anything like that. He, he had
1: never been to Italy until he got selected to the team. I heard that the other day. Wow.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But to them, they they faced Japan in the quarterfinal, and Japan knocked them out finally. But they they made it to the quarterfinal, which is pretty impressive for Italy. Yep. Good for, good for Dominic
0: Fletcher. Yeah. I mean, I think he made himself some money with his performance at the world baseball classic. So, um, all right. Arkansas LSU in Baton Rouge this weekend. Like we said, we're going to have boots on the ground. Robert Stewart, he's going to be there. Are you going to give us like an exclusive content or is it just kind of going to be like, you know, you're going to do the normal thing. You got to do something special, right? I'll do something special.
1: Yeah. Check out, check out hogbeat.com. We'll, uh, we'll we'll have we'll have stories on there. I'll have stories on there uh and you know maybe maybe I'll do a some sort of live shot from the park on Sunday after the game. We'll see all right,
0: all right, that's fine, yeah, you could do the podcast from the from the park on Sunday, maybe maybe we can all zoom in and do that, so let's do that uh anyways, a big series, you know it's gonna be nationally televised. that's a big thing for college baseball uh during march madness you know all all the stuff that's going on. All three games are going to be nationally televised. Friday is going to be on ESPN 2, first pitch at 7. Saturday, SEC Network, first pitch at 1. And then Sunday, you're going to be on the big one, ESPN at noon, Arkansas, LSU, a huge series. It's going to be exciting. So <clears throat> get excited. Tell your friends about the Diamond Hawks podcast. And now we have a great interview with Arkansas's Peyton Holt. The Diamond Hogs Podcast is the premier Razorback baseball podcast. All right, we now welcome on Peyton Holt. Peyton, excited, excited to have you on, man. Uh, let's start with this because you're in Baton Rouge now. How exciting is it to, you know, you're you're an Arkansas Razorback and you're about to play in a top five series against the LSU Tigers.
3: I mean, it's a feeling you can't really beat. Uh, coming in, I guess, as the underdog and with this crowd and this uh, atmosphere we're going to be playing in, it's going to be different. It's going to be fun. Uh, we're all pumped, ready to take care of business. It's a business trip. So we're just ready to get after it.
0: I, 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 I'm going to ask a lot of questions, but I got to stick with LSU sure. right now. Paul Skeens, man. I mean, ha- have you, you know, studied a pitcher uh, as good as him? Because I feel like he's just on a different level.
3: I don't think personally I have. Um, he's definitely one of the best pitchers I've seen like film wise and like stat wise and everything. But I'm gonna be honest, I think our offense is a good matchup for him. We have a lot of lefties. Um I'm really confident we're gonna we're gonna do well against them. And I mean I I think that's what's gonna happen.
0: Our our producer Christian, he said earlier that he thinks that we were we were predicting the series and he said that he thinks that Friday you guys might get to Skeens. Uh we talked about how Jared Wagner might get a home run against him. You think that's possible? You think Jared can go, go
3: yard against Paul? Man, every time Jared goes up to the plate, we are, we're all like, man, he might hit one out right here. So, it's definitely possible. Um, Jared's one of the better hitters I've seen ever, and he's definitely one of the top hitters in college baseball right now. So, I think it's possible. I think uh, our offense could get to him as well. Um, I think it's going to be a fun matchup. Uh when did you learn it was Wagner and not Wagner? I want to be honest. When the announcers started saying Wagner, I asked him, I was like, hey, man, they're mispronouncing your name. And he was like, well, technically it is Wagner. So like probably the last couple of weeks ago, I mean, no one else. We always thought it was Wagner. We called him Weggy, uh, but Wagner, I, so I guess we got to get used to that now.
0: I, I'm still not used to it. We uh, some of uh, us have agreed that we're just gonna say Wagner, and if, if we're like doing like an official thing, like a podcast yeah. or whatever, we'll say Wagner. Uh, but I also we heard a rumor that Harold Cole might be Harold Call. Is there anything to that?
3: I haven't heard that one. That'd be a little different too. Yeah. Wow. I don't. I think it is Cole though. Okay. I mean, this is what he. I mean, unless he just hasn't corrected us, we always call him Cole. So I guess I don't know. Okay. Well, I hope it's Cole because Cole would be really weird. So it would be yeah. Um I also it's... have heard that you're the funniest guy on the team. What's that about? Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say my personality's I mean, yeah. I've I've got a pretty uh I'm a goofy dude. Um we like to have fun, play loose. Um, now, I mean, when it serious times come, you know, you got to flip that switch, but for the most part, I like to be the guy that, you know, brings that loose energy, uh, make sure we're all all having fun. Cause I mean, even though it's our job, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a game too. We got to have fun. Uh, I like to joke around with the guys in the locker room. Um, I'm a big jokester, you know, (laughs) the guys like have trouble believing stuff that comes out because I'm always just joking around with them. And, uh, so I guess I've been pegged as the, the uh, funniest guy on the team, which I guess isn't a terrible thing. It could be worse. It could be the most annoying guy on the team, but I'm I'm good with being the funniest guy.
0: Yeah, no, I mean like that. You're right. It could there could be a lot worse yeah. things. Um, let me ask you this. So it was really cold in Fayetteville last weekend for the Auburn series, but I I I was I was so I was there on Sunday. I was having to do basketball stuff Friday Saturday, but. I believe you and Caleb Callie were not wearing coats, and everybody else was wearing coats. Were yes. you guys just trying to like have a man off or what?
3: No, I mean it's just it's that kind of thing where I feel like if Coach looks down and he's like thinking of putting someone in, and he sees everyone like cut, cut like in a in a coat or whatever, and he sees a guy standing out like no coat, ready to like locked into the game. I feel like you have a better chance of going in, and I guess me and Callie are kind of on the same page with that and um (laughs) and it's also just like a toughness thing like it wasn't like freezing so uh we we would I would go run in the tunnel between innings and so I I would stay kind of warm and um I guess we're just kind of the two guys that stood out
0: yeah no I I, that's a great mindset to have and you know it, it is a thing where coach looks down you guys are ready to go so that's that's a good mindset Let's talk about let's talk about you coming from Crowder College though. What was that like? What and how how is it that Crowder College is just, you know, producing guys all, every year?
3: Well, I'd say the the coaching staff at Crowder is top notch, especially like in the JUCO um uh standard. You know, they bring guys in and uh Coach Lawman does a really good job uh, you know, teaching like not the fundamentals but like the like just like fielding and hitting and everything. And the hitting coach up there does a really good job. Um, you know, it was it was pretty cool because Crowder's an hour north of Fayetteville, and uh, so like I would come down to Fayetteville all the time. Uh, I'd co we'd co watch games, so it was really cool to finally uh, you know get get a chance to be a part of uh, raz- Razorback Nation. Being from Crowder, being that close all the time. I mean, I was there for almost three years, so.
0: What was that situation like where, it, you know, you were at Crowder for those three years, you know, one of the years was the COVID year, which was weird, yeah. but, and, yeah. and then, and then you showed up to Fayetteville, you're a Razorback, you know, I'm assuming fall ball might've
3: been a little surreal for you. It was, it was, Uh, it was really different, especially like with the, uh, the skill wise, like throughout the whole team, like everyone's just really good. Like at Juco, you have three or four guys that are really good. And then, you know, you kind of have some holes, but when I got here in the fall, there was like, there's no holes. Like, I'm going to have to be on top of my game if I want a chance to play, and which I liked, like. It was challenging. It was fun to be around guys that, like, were on, like, that top level, tr- like, pushing each other to get better. It was fun.
0: I, I went to high school. I'm from Conway. So, uh-huh. I went to I went to high school with a couple guys who played at Crowder. Did you ever run into James Hicks and Thomas McNabb?
3: Yeah. So, they were actually both my roommates at one point. I roomed with – I roomed with James my freshman year, and then the year after that I roomed with Thomas, and they're they're good dudes. They're funny. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, I I grew up with those guys. I we were friends, you know, at times, and then you know yeah. went our separate ways. But I'm really happy to see James over at South Carolina. Yeah,
3: yeah, he, I'm I'm glad he's back. I'm doing good, and then Thomas is at Murray State, and he's doing really good right now as well.
0: Yeah, no, that's cool, man. That's cool. Um,
3: so who are you rooming with now in Fayetteville? So I'm actually living by myself. I, um, when I committed, I didn't, I committed kind of late, I guess you could say. And so I was going to end up rooming with Cody Adcock, who was also from Crowder, but we couldn't find uh, anywhere to live. So he's living with two random guys, like people that like are just students. And then I'm living by myself, which is kind of, it kind of sucks. Cause like you go back and like, you're, you're just by yourself. Like, you're not, t- you don't have anybody to talk to. But then it's like nice, like you go back and just like lay down and like not have to worry about people being loud and stuff. So, yeah, just by myself.
0: That's that's kind of sad, man. I'm sorry. I mean,
3: you know, it's all good. It's all good. And I think next year, if everything works out and I come back. I am I think me and Stovall or me and Diggs are playing in a room together, which that'll be fun.
0: Yeah. Um, Cody Adcock, another, you know, interesting personality, uh, especially yeah. during fall ball when we're, you know, just hearing him yell random stuff. Yeah.
3: What's he like? He man it it's hard to ex- explain Cody like in words you'd have to just be around him but uh he's a really good dude a hard worker um kind of a crazy guy i mean he'll he'll just go into this mode where like he's like once i mean just like wanna wanna fight you kind of i mean i don't even know how to he's a good dude though um yeah he's he's our definitely our biggest chirper in the dugout and he loves he loves it and he, he brings good energy too like sometimes when the dugout the dugout's dead during the game you'll just hear Cody like constantly like not chirping at the other team but like screaming at our our guys like trying to build them up get some energy going which is really good for us to have
0: so uh kind of on the same topic of Arkansas pitchers who's the toughest guy for you to face uh, of the Arkansas pitchers
3: man for me in the fall, I would have to say either Hagen or Hunter. Just they have their stuffs unreal. I did in the fall. I, I did get the best of Hagen one at bat though. I hit I had a home run off Hagen like my one of my first times facing him. I think it was the first time I faced him. But ever since then, he he's had my number. He's been pretty dominant. And then McIntyre, McIntyre, he kind of keeps me off balance too with his with his two pitch mix against righties. So. Those three, I never faced Cody in the fall, which was – he was the only pitcher I didn't face. But, uh, yeah, definitely those three.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if you know, but I've I've declared Will McIntyre the 2023 Golden Spikes Award winner. So, what okay. I really need you to do is I need you to tell him, you know, uh, from me, Will, you got to have a big weekend. Because right okay. now, Paul Skeens, he's in the lead for the, the Golden Spikes. Yeah. I need Will to do better than Paul.
3: Well, I'm sure he will.
0: I'm sure he will. We're gonna, we'll hopefully get to Paul Skeens and then have Matt go off. There you go. We need it. We need another complete game. If he, yeah. So he already has one more complete game. If he gets another, that would, that'd be, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Um, what is it about Greenwood guys? What is it?
3: Man, uh, I don't know. Uh, just if I feel like every, consistently they're just bringing out athletes, and uh, you know, Nolan, we did me and Nolan neither of us grew up in Greenwood. Um, I was originally from there, then moved away in like first grade and then moved back in eighth grade. And then he moved a month or he moved to Greenwood like three months before I did. And because both of our families started out living there and we moved there and then, yeah, they just produce unreal athletes. I don't know if it's the, the tradition that like brings families to move there or what, but it's, I mean, like you got like Tyler Wilson, uh, Drew Morgan, bo- uh, both Grant Morgan, um, Nolan—I mean, just a number of number of guys that come out of Greenwood that are just like top-notch athletes. And I think most of them all come through and played for the Razorbacks too, so which is pretty cool.
0: So, so I'm assuming, like you know, you grew up a Razorback fan, correct? Yeah, yeah. So you you've watched a lot of Razorback baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you how do you view this year's team? Because I, I keep telling people like last year's team was really good. A lot of success, you know, went really far. I feel like you guys might be better as far as like talent wise. I,
3: I, I agree. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a team that can swing the bat like we can. I mean, we, we can, we bang it around for sure. We got, I mean, just throughout the whole lineup, there's not one person that comes up and you're like not expecting maybe a home run or double from them. And, um, even the bottom of our lineup, tough outs, Um, it's just, it's a gritty lineup and our pitching staff, yeah, we lost two or three guys, but I mean, we've had guys step up. Dylan Carter didn't, didn't do much last year. And now, I mean, he's probably one of our top bullpen arms. And um, I think, I think talent wise, we're top, I mean, top tier talent wise. And I think that this team's really gritty and uh, I think it's, we're going to do good and go far.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, I I, just, you know, you think about all the guys, you know, you're one of them. I mean, Caleb Cowley, Harold Cole, like, there's so many guys that have been switched in and out. Reese Robinette, yeah. another guy, like a freshman, yeah. like, I, I love big country, man. He's not, he's not that much of a talker. Is that just with the oh, media yeah. or is he a quiet guy?
3: So, in the fall, he's my, he's actually my locker buddy. He's right next to me. And uh, we didn't, talk, I mean, we didn't talk much in the fall. And, like, once he starts getting comfortable with you, he's actually a really, like, talkative, goofy guy. And, uh, one of my one of my favorite guys on the team. Actually, just I mean, I'm talking to him all the time because we sit next to each other. But uh, no, he he definitely is kind of a quiet guy at first, and then wh- once he he gets comfortable, he loosens up.
0: Yeah, no, he. I'm glad he got the home run last weekend. Another guy I want to ask you about Tavian Josenberger. He's the money okay. ball guy. He gets the money ball clip when he gets on base. What what do you like about Tavian?
3: Man, Tavian Tavian just said, like. Just he brings this energy to the team you know he's he's really like I would say our, our top like leader like vocal wise like energy wise um and he's the one of the best leadoffs I've ever seen and it's funny so Tavian he's kind of no, like his his BP like he just he, it isn't that great and when he first got here I was like dude this kid's like I don't like him. he's not very good and then he get gets in the the scrimmages and he's raking and I'm like dude this kid is a gamer. And uh, he just has this flip whenever games start, like he's locked in, and it's pretty cool to watch and uh he's definitely one of the hardest workers on the team for sure. Have
0: you guys talked about the fact that he swings at the first pitch, like every at bat is that
3: or have you noticed that? I've noticed he's a definitely an early swinger, but what a crazy part is like he's also one of the most patient hitters I've seen too. I mean, he thrives in two strike counts which is really unique. But, uh, yeah, if that first pitch is anywhere around the zone, I mean, he's banging it usually.
0: Yeah. All right, uh, I'll, I'll have this one as the last one. So you've watched a lot of Razorback baseball, uh, which means you've watched a lot of SEC baseball. Do you have a team that you really want to get or that gets under your skin more than others? Man. No, if you I, don't, I have one that I can I can gift to you, and we can just talk trash about them
3: together. There's only there's one team. I, I just I want to get I want to get Tennessee just because they're 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 I mean they're good they're they're dang good. Um, my buddy from Crowder actually goes there, and Logan Chambers he was he was good uh good ball player, but yeah, I mean I'd have to say Tennessee. Who do you who do you got?
0: I, that's that's exactly who I was hoping you were saying. Yeah. I was hoping that I could bring up, you know, like, you know, what are your thoughts? Tennessee got swept by Missouri, you know. That's pretty embarrassing that for was, Tennessee, yeah, right?
3: Was, I mean, that's just baseball for you. Anything can happen. And it's kind of crazy that, I mean, like, you you never know. Like, they could drop one or two games in a series. But to get swept differently, I don't know. I mean, good for Missouri. Props to them. Because uh, they were definitely the underdog in that matchup. And they came out on top. So, it was it was really crazy to like, keep up with.
0: Yeah, I I don't know if you saw Dylan Leach hit a home run on Sunday. Almost did, tripped yeah. over second going around the bases.
3: Really, really? No, I didn't see him trip. No, that's that's funny.
0: Yeah. All right, Peyton Holt. Hey man, really appreciate it. We got to get you back on. Best of luck in Baton Rouge this weekend and uh, the rest of the
3: season, man. You. All right. Thank you. All right, man. You've been listening to the
1: Diamond Hogs Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Choate Mason and at drstew32.